0: the liturgical sense of the readings at Mass. For the sixth Sunday of Ordinary Time, year B, the first reading from Leviticus, chapter 13, verses 1 through 2, and 44 through 46, and the gospel reading from Mark, chapter 1, verses 40 through 45 gives us the opportunity to hear two different accounts of how God dealt with his people suffering from the skin condition the bible calls leprosy which is one of the most mentioned diseases in sacred scripture the term leprosy and its variant nerve and skin bacterial diseases are mentioned around 68 times in the Bible, 55 in the Old Testament and 13 in the New Testament. Leprosy was such an obvious deformity of the skin that many people feared it as a contagion or a sign of personal impurity and sin. As a result Social laws require that people with evidence of having leprosy be isolated from the community, that is, excommunicated, and deemed spiritually unclean. The verses in Leviticus chapter 13, verses 1 through 2, and 46 are part of the laws God gave to Israel's people. In the Old Testament. These verses talk about how to identify and deal with a skin problem that is not the same as the disease known today as leprosy or Hansen's disease. The skin condition in Leviticus might have been more closely related to what today we call psoriasis. While today's Catholic priests are charged to administer the sacraments of healing for the body and soul such as sacraments of baptism, holy eucharist, penance and reconciliation and anointing of the sick, the Old covenant priests had a dual role of religious and medical leaders. They had the authority to isolate those who had spiritual, physical problems by declaring them unclean and banishing them from the camp. Some of the conditions that made a person unclean were genital discharges, menstruation, and childbirth until the woman completed the purification ritual. The laws in Leviticus reflect the Israelites' understanding of purity and holiness. They believed that any bodily defect or disorder made them unholy, because God commanded them to be holy as the Lord your God is holy. Therefore, anyone who had leprosy had to live alone. His dwelling was to be outside of the camp. Again, excommunicated. Through this context, we better understand the leper we encounter in today's gospel reading. Not only has this man been excommunicated from the community of God's people, but he had been declared untouchable. Yet, he breaks the law to enter the community and kneels down to beg Jesus to break the law to heal him, saying, if you wish. You COULD make me clean. The fact that Jesus touches the untouchable and heals the unhealable demonstrates that he must have believed that this particular mosaic law was beneath the mercy of God. When Jesus tells the man, see that you tell no one anything, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. It rubs us as being humorous because this is a lawless man. Given the number of laws he has broken in this text alone, no evidence suggests that he had any regard for law, authority, or tradition. So rather than heeding Jesus' demand that he keep quiet about the matter until he obeys the law by showing himself to the priest, the text tells us that the lawless man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. There will always be tension between what a man deems to be the subjective Common good for all versus what is objectively good and pleasing to God. It may have been the sensible, practical, and common good for those perceived as being physically or sinfully contagious to be excommunicated. However, According to the Apostle Paul in today's second reading from 1 Corinthians chapter ten verses thirty-one through chapter eleven verse one, our calling is not to pursue the common good for many, but the divine good for all, which is won by doing everything for the glory of God, pleasing everyone in every way. Not seeing the benefits of self, but that of many, that they may be saved. Therefore, while excommunication and leaving people to die alone might be a common good, the higher and divine good is their salvation. The Paradox is that as sinners against God's love, we are all lepers and not worthy of communion with Him. However, at the same time, we are the leper who gets down on our knees at Mass for communion with Him. One of our faith's most beautiful and profound truths is that we are called to communion with God and one another. Through the liturgy of the Mass and the sacraments, we encounter the real living presence of Christ, who invites us to share in His life and love. The liturgy is the source and summit of our Christian life, where we worship God in spirit and truth and receive His grace and mercy. The sacraments are the signs and instruments of God's saving action where we are cleansed, healed, nourished, strengthened, and sent forth from the Mass to be His witnesses in the world. Through the liturgy and the sacraments We are drawn into a deeper relationship with Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one who leads us to the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who makes us part of his mystical body, the church. He is the one who offers us the hope of eternal life. We are called to Communion because we are made for Communion. We are created in the image and likeness of God, who is the Communion of Persons. We are destined to share in the Divine Life, a Communion of Love. We are redeemed by Christ, who died and rose for us, to restore our communion with God and with one another. We are called to communion because we are loved by God who desires nothing more than our happiness and holiness. This is just one way How the readings at Mass this Sunday connect to the liturgy and how the liturgy is forming us how to live our lives in the world. Be in the world which you have received through the liturgy. I am David L. Gray. Visit me online at davidlgray.info for more content and context about the liturgical sense of the scriptures.